Hey guys, before we get started, this episode of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast is brought to you by High Season Co., a social media agency with over a decade of marketing experience who are crafting the way brands are perceived online. These guys aren't just marketers, they're liquid enthusiasts, craft beer nerds, hip-hop heads, and Gary Vee disciples. So is your social media looking tired? Are you having trouble getting to your customers? High Season can make it happen. Check them out, highseasonco.com. That's highseasonco.com. Now let's drink some beers. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all are brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 112 of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast. And, mate, today we are in gorgeous Fort Collins, Colorado, with Zach Wilson of Purpose Brewing, VP of Keep On Dreaming. Sir, how's it going, man? Good, man. How are you? I'm living the dream. Damn right you are. <laughs> Look at it. The dream. We are in the dream. We're in the barrel room right now. It smells good. It's pretty. <sighs> oh, you oh, can just, just smell it. <laughs> Get out of here. Oh, and Foxy's with us too. Hey, oh, now you want to talk yeah. when we start the podcast. We're trying to like touch you for like half an hour. Oh, oh okay. You know what? Well, maybe she's in the mood. Maybe she's like, oh, I want to be on. Very cute dog. Um, Zach, thanks so much for having us, man. Um, you're doing some very cool stuff right here. This is a very interesting brewery. Um, break down. What's your... Uh, actually, you know what? Just before we go into that, what are we drinking? What's this, what's this uh, one here? This is barrel number three... Um, this is a set of the first barrels that Peter and I bought together um, maybe somewhere around three years ago. We bought some barrels together. He stored some in his garage. I stored some at the brewery I was working at. Um, filled them up, inoculated them, and uh, now we kind of inherited those barrels. It's a right. it's a lengthy story, but it's a really beautiful story. And, we should get um, into that. What's that? Oh, we should definitely get into that. All right. Um, um, that's what we're drinking. Barrel three. One. This is great. So it's it's got like like the, the amber sour type of vibes. Yeah, definitely. It's a bit. Um, it's uh, I would consider it a medium sour. Peter would consider it a soft sour. Okay. It's a cabernet barrel. The the barrel itself has a beautiful wood character. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm trying to think if it's moderate or, or medium sour. It's pretty light. The sour yeah. is pretty light on it, but it's caramel. As yeah, well, kind sure. of got those little darker roasts. Um, there's a lot of esterification that happen with this one. The the bacteria and bugs that are in there um, really created this kind of fruity kind of thing. Yeah, but at super the same fruity. time, it's super dry. Yeah, and we I didn't did. carbonate it. We served it just. Ah, um, oh, okay. And but this other one I was drinking before, I just kept a little bit the. Uh, yeah, that's the um, brunch on a boat. Uh, brunch on a boat, yeah. Which is the dream. That's the dream, yeah. That's, the dream. that's where the name came so from. So yeah. this one is carbonated. I can see it right now. It is carbonated. Yeah. I, I didn't put my finger on why that one. So that one's just straight from. Why? Why didn't you carbonate it? it? Uh, sometimes, sometimes things taste better without carbonation. I think people are so used to drinking beer that's carbonated that we um, we don't purposely do this to go against the grain, but we we try to make flavors and kind of um, get people. Uh, um, get people to realize that beer can be so many different things than what people expect it to be. Yeah. And some beer tastes better uncarbonated. Um, same thing Facts. with wine. Some wine yeah. is, you know, very beautiful sparkling, and some wine is really nice at 55 degrees Fahrenheit and still. And so that's what we do here. If it tastes better uncarbonated, that's the way we're going to serve it. You know? Fantastic. Yeah. Totally get it. Um, so you're one of the, the sort of for lack of a better term, like the value propositions of what you do is that you don't do any of the same beer twice. Is that accurate? Yeah, pretty much. Um, 
Yeah, well, yeah, pretty much. I mean, we, we have made a couple beers um, differently twice. Okay. And But it's really not the same beer, but... Uh, it's similar-ish. We, we take the approach that artwork is not recreatable, um, and we treat ourselves as artists, and so we decided from the get-go that we didn't want to make the same beer twice. Um, Very cool. Just the same way artwork is... Um, handled in the art world I guess mm-hmm. so uh, yeah I like that mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever heard that before it seems like from a, a commodity perspective it's like, what you, or like a capitalist perspective like, what are you doing huh? if someone likes something then they can never get it again but it keeps people coming back because they're never going to like we were actually chatting off camera earlier and what mm-hmm. you mentioned when you go to a brewery you're always like alright what's new let's buy yeah, for sure. like if I'm just here now like I want to make sure I'm getting the, the newest stuff. Yeah. But every single time somebody walks in the door here, they didn't really have to ask. Yeah. Because it's on you. Yeah. And, you know, we were really concerned about going that route just because um, I, don't, I don't personally know of anybody that's, um, or maybe I do know and I'm just kind of brain farting it, but I can't really think of anybody that's doing that. And so yeah. we were a little concerned that people would come in and they would... Say, whoa, 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 I can't get this again. <laughs> and, and, you know, but everybody's been quite receptive to it and, and um, stokeable. This is my wife, Laura. Hey, Laura, how you going? Nice to meet she you. Is, um, she's pretty much the rock for the business, I think. She kind of does all the stuff that makes a business actually run. Amazing. And then that's my daughter, who Luna, who is a, um, she's a brewer in training. I was going to say, she's going to be a brewer in training. Yeah. She grew up in it. She knows what she's doing already. What's her favorite beer? Um, Luna's favorite beer so far. Mm-hmm. Whichever one Daddy's drinking. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Really, it's not whatever one's mama's. Sure. That's so cute. I love it. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely like a family business. Like you guys are co-owners. Yeah, it's um, a total family business. And you have a partner as well. So maybe like two maybe partners. two partners as well. Yeah. And it was also another couple. Yeah, yep. Peter and Freezy Buchart. Um, Peter is the original, um, sorry, not original. Um, he is the uh, second head brewmaster of New Belgium. Um, he was with New Belgium for 20 years, came from uh, Rodenbach in Belgium. Um, he's got another, you know, a history over in Belgium, obviously, but he's the man. There's no doubt Amazing. about it. Yeah. It's actually very funny because we, ha- we were listening to the uh, How I Built This podcast with Kim... Um, what's her last name? Jordan. Jordan, thank you. I'm of sorry. Belgium? Yes, yeah. on the way here. Cool. Yeah, and then she was talking about it, so it was like, I, I didn't realize we were actually, when we met Katie, she explained um, what you guys were doing. I was like, yeah. perfect, we just heard the story. Now I understand where it's coming from. So maybe before we get into the story of the brewery, mm-hmm. how did, let's, let's, let's get into your personal beer story. Like, how did sure. you get into beer and, and yeah. become a brewer? Yeah, I, I love <clears> talking about it, actually, because it's... Um, I had such a cool a cool upbringing. My my parents are really into cooking. Um, I grew up in a family where um, my parents required me to cook a meal every week. Oh. Uh, and my dad was a home brewer, and so I'd bake cookies with mom, and my dad would let me home brew with them. And you know, obviously, I wasn't drinking 
or anything like that. But to me, it was like cooking with dad, you know? Yeah. Let's make some chili or let's make some beer. And, uh, you know, since that, so when I was about 12 years old, he started letting me homebrew with him and he was doing really cool stuff like cherry beers and coffee beers. And he was doing stuff that I don't feel most people were doing, you know, back in the, um, God, I guess that would have been in the nineties, the early nineties, the mid nineties when I was 12. And uh, he was doing all these cool things. And so um, by the time I went to college and I was so stoked about brewing and my parents bought me a, a homebrew kit. Okay. And uh, I, I went to school for science and some other things, but uh, the science aspect of the brewing just took off for me. And, um, and I was relating my studies to brewing and I got really into it, man. I mean, by the time I graduated from college, I had brewed thousands of beers. Wow. And I was brewing at least three batches of beer a week. Um, Were you drinking it all? Were you, like, sharing it with uh, friends and stuff? Um, I was cellaring it. I was trying to kind of learn, uh, you know, how cellaring works and hmm. and that sort of thing. And so um, by the time I got out of college, I, I had, a you know, a decent homebrewing resume. And that was kind of mm-hmm. the point for me is to... You know, if I don't have home brewing or I don't have commercial brewing experience, I'm going to need to be able to come to the table after um, after school with something that looks attractive. And so mm-hmm. I, I built myself a good home brewing kind of resume, and and uh, and I got my first job at a brewery called Hawaii Nui um, in uh, Hilo uh, in Hawaii on the Big Island. Oh, in Hawaii. okay. So yeah. You, you grew up in Hawaii. I didn't grow up there. I lived there for seven or eight years. Nice. Um, Ended up going back to school and had a. I've had a really fun life, man. I really can't complain. But um, I lived there and I got got a job at that brewery and worked my way up to assistant brewer and um, I just haven't ever looked back. And that was uh, probably close to eight years now nice. ago. So something like eight years, yeah. Okay. And then you were working at so after Hawaii and mm-hmm. you moved here. I moved here to um, start up my own brewery. Had a, a promise to start up my own brewery and an opportunity that didn't end up working out. Um, and I'm really glad that it didn't because I was way too young to be a business a business owner at that time, um, and I needed more experience in the brewing industry. I feel right. to uh, to be uh, a fruitful commercial brewer in today's industry, and um, so I ended up uh, having to close shop there and and. Uh, went and worked at other breweries around Colorado and okay. and now here I am here we are yeah. so then let's talk us through how Purpose came to be so I guess you met yeah. your business partner Peter I guess and I assume it came from that yeah so my wife Laura and I we uh, were working at a brewery we wanted to open our own brewery and coffee roastery we also have a coffee nice. roasting business yeah uh, my wife called? is a it's called Woodchip Fire Roasted Coffee sick um, my wife roasts over uh, open wood fire. It produces the most produces the mm. most unique uh, flavors to the beans. Amazing um, that you wouldn't expect, and so we wanted to bring those businesses together. And so we started this kind of dream together that we had already had, you know, separately about our own business endeavors. But they kind of came together, and um, so maybe five years ago, we six years ago, we started working on this business model and. Um, and then when we met Peter and, and Freezy um, in the brewing industry, we decided that uh, three years ago-ish that we would do something together. And I'm probably getting off track all of a sudden. No, no, no. This is Goldberg. It's exactly uh, what I want to hear. Yeah. But uh, 
She's excited. Yeah, she gets excited when we're dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we... Uh, shit, I've totally lost Oh, uh, We're talking about yeah. uh, you had the coffee roastery business, then you met Peter, then you decided three years ago you're going to do it. Yeah. And so we wanted to uh, basically... What was the original question? The original question was your uh, how the how the brewery came about. So I lose track all the time. Yeah, how the brewery came about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. There we go. Sorry about that. I got blonde hair, so this is gonna happen more than once. Trust me. Um, Bro, the uh, yeah. So um, we wanted to do this brewery coffee roastery thing, and so it took a long time to make it happen. You know, we come from you know very. blue collar upbringings and and obviously brewers and coffee roasters you know are going to always struggle to get get something going and um finally we made it happen we weren't able to put the coffee roaster in here yet because it's a bit too small um but we're working on it um the name purpose itself um originally for laura and i and you'll find if you talk to anybody in the business everybody has their own idea of where purpose came from which is really cool because we all have different purposes. Um, but originally the name Purpose came from a book called The Alchemist. And so The Alchemist talks about having a personal legend, which is really just a cool way of saying, you know, your purpose in life. And mm-hmm. um, so uh, I can't remember, we were laying in bed and Lauren's like, well, how about Purpose? Let's call it Purpose Brewing. And it's like, oh man, that's it. Yeah. And so we decided to to call what we were going to do purpose Sick. purpose brewing and sellers and so you'll notice on the logo too if you can see the logo but yes we'll have some b-roll yeah sure. yes um the purpose of an acorn is to grow up and become a beautiful oak tree and oak is and wood in in general is so uh central to our mantra mm-hmm. um and so it just makes kind of perfect sense for the for the purpose. But we we put the we put the oak tree inside the acorn because we kind of figure uh, technically it is inside yeah. the acorn. Well, it is good point. But the the funny thing is we're always talking about chicken and the egg and what comes first, and we talk about that a lot, especially in the um, beginnings of our um, you know business endeavors before we were open, and we decide all right, well chicken and the egg how about an oak tree and an acorn and it's that same idea of what comes first Mm. you know and I like the idea of not really knowing Um, but it gives gives us something to shoot for so I love it very cool man yeah it's uh, such an interesting like that's a cool story um I noticed this. I looked over. I saw your glass was empty. Yeah, I need so another we, beer. You I don't need that. another beer. I I want another beer. We want. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Big difference, ladies and gentlemen. Um, whatever you got there. Yeah, no, go for it, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's try something else. Whatever you think is good. You guys want to try a, a naughty beer? A what's a, a naughty beer? Yeah. <laughs> Say less. <laughs> Let's do it. Yes. Yes. That means that's an affirmative. Affirmative. Nice to meet you. And thank you for anticipating yes. my needs. I have the computer open. She just came over. Oh, uh, right. I was the one. Well, just, just okay. Taylor. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Meeting children here, ladies and gentlemen. I love it. She's got a whole new stage right now. She's like crawling all over the place. Oh, yeah. Going hard. Yeah. It's 
getting, getting a little hard. Getting a little frisky. <laughs> <laughs> first, yeah, it was, it was really easy when she didn't go anywhere. And I just, just know, put it down in the safe. Or, or right, yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. chasing children. Right. Yeah. You guys have a good trip so far? Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's been such a great trip for us. Like, yeah, it's it's been uh, about a week and a half now, and like, we've seen so much. This is such a gorgeous state. People are awesome. Thank you, man. Um, the beer is amazing. Food, wine, coffee. Yeah, everything's been. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're actually here for wine as well, so we're covering wine, but that's why we came to Grand Junction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. Also, we. Isn't it the best? Yeah. Snobbery is the best. And liquor and coffee, which is when so good when you say coffee roasting. Yes. It's amazing. Gosh, I wish we had some coffee here to share with you guys. Yeah, oh man. Is there anywhere we could so we can cover it, include it in uh, coverage here? Um, you'll have to ask Laura. We. Actually, our well, our roasters being fixed right now by a lot of Joe. Okay. So I mean, like it's we're like totally out of stock. But she she only roasts to order at the moment. Once right. we bring it in here, you know, we'll actually have a coffee shop. And, Sick. Um, Such a cool so, concept. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I love it. I love it. So, what's this next beer? Uh, this is Stouterick. Cheers. Oh, cheers, bro. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. This must have coffee in it. No, no, it doesn't. Amazing. I warned you about the selfies earlier. There we go. <laughs> Thanks for participating in my uh, yeah, man. ridiculousness. This is great, man. Tell us, you, we were actually talking about this beer a bit earlier. What's uh, what's the deal with this one? Yeah, so um, Stouterick in Flemish means to be naughty. Okay. And because Peter and I aren't interested in making styles, um, we feel mm. that we're being naughty by making making a style. Mm. Um, and just to give you a little background on that, our perspective is that styles are, are basically thinking inside the box. Mm-hmm. And the world is so big and so beautiful, and there's so many flavors and so many things to attach onto. And uh, why, why put ourselves inside of a box? And really, yeah. it's just a box that humans made up. You know, and style guidelines are just parameters here and parameters here, and those are things that humans made up, and we don't want to be Very inside true. of that stuff. Not at all. So we're being naughty by making styles, and so because being naughty is stouteric, we figured, well, let's make a stout. And so uh, that's sick. And what language is that? Flemish. Ah, very cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the ABV on this one? Which grape? Um, I think it's like five point something. Five okay. point two or. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, I can find that out later. Not a stress. It's great, creamy. It definitely tastes like it's got uh, coffee in it. Yeah. But it does not. Uh, nice chocolate, balanced bitterness, light body. Thanks, man. It's fantastic. This is barrel aged too? No. No? No. Straight, barrel, out of straight out of the stainless tank. Birthed from one of those sweet stainless beauties back there. <laughs> Which is very cool. So um, let's get into the actual history of the brewery then. So. You've met uh, Peter and his wife, mm-hmm. um, which is a great. He's clearly a great business partner, someone who has mm-hmm. a lot of reputation, yeah. particularly in Colorado, absolutely, uh, and in craft beer. So you decided to do a brewery. You discovered, you decided to call it Purpose, yep. uh, which is you know a very important name for you guys. Then, how did you decide on the um, the barrel aging and on the 
somewhat, you know, never making a, a beer twice type of situation. Sure. Well, you know, originally we, um, we, originally we were going to be a 30 barrel brew house and <laughs> it's okay. Uh, well, it's a weird noise. It's like a, a Facebook messenger call. Yeah. You can tell. I know it feels like it. Someone, some people butt dial it all the time. Yeah. Butt dial Facebook. That's weird. I know, it is weird. So originally we were going to do a 30 barrel brew house and Peter went on a sabbatical from New Belgium and he was uh, dreaming and he was in California looking at all these farmhouses, breweries and um, he was sending pictures back and texting. He was like, oh man, I don't know if I want to do it. 30 barrel, do we really want to make six packs? And for me, I was thinking, eh, I just want to make beer, you know? I think it's going to be fun whatever we do. And Mm -hmm. I haven't been in the industry that long to really have formed an opinion of what it is that I... I want to focus on and so but Peter was he was kind of like ah man I don't want to make six packs anymore let's let's whittle yeah and so um, we whittled it down and so we went from a 30 to a 20 to a 15 to a 10 and Peter said oh man what about a 5 and I said no way dude there's no way we're going to do five barrels. It takes the same amount of labor to do five as it does 20 barrels. We'll go out of business. I don't see the viability. And he said, come on, man, let's just think about it. And ultimately what we decided to do was to break apart uh, the, the job of being a brewer. And we decided that we use science as a toolbox, but ultimately, uh, and not just a toolbox, but it's our, um, our you know, paintbrushes mm. and, and whatnot, but ultimately we're artists. And so if we can find a way to make artwork and um, get people to uh, uh, basically feel our inspirations um, the same way you feel the inspiration of an artist when you go to an art, an art show, maybe we can make this work. And so... Mm. Um, we build our beers based off our inspirations and inspirations are what create artwork and, and artwork in our opinion can't be recreated and so that's why we don't recreate um, but to go further on the lines of, of the artwork aspect um, and the inspiration you know when if a leaf blows in through the door I'm going to have an inspirational feeling and so I'm going to smell something I'm going to taste something I'm going to see something pretty um, if I can create, if I can turn that into uh, the breadth that you can find in, in flavors of beer and an experience in a moment, I can translate that experience I had to you. Right. And so that's what we try to do with our beer is to give people um, the opportunity to, uh, uh, to feel what we feel and that's to sick. see what beer can be. And, and um, I, can, I could keep geeking on about you know this kind of stuff but that's ultimately the um the gist of it and uh and so i guess so you agreed on like a five barrel uh place yeah so we decided to do a five barrel place and um we ended up purchasing a brewery that had a four barrel system so it's worked out really good uh it's given us the opportunity to do a proof of concept because we weren't sure if anybody was going to be interested in going to a brewery that is doing this kind of stuff. It just doesn't really exist around here. Yeah. And so, Or many places at all. Yeah, sure. And so, But people are, are down with it. And yeah. so it's been nice to just be really small and kind of fly under the radar and give us the opportunity to see if people were, were digging what we you know, were, were thinking. Okay. So, How long, excuse me, when did you open? 
uh, August of last year. So it's been just over. Oh a wow, year. just over a year. I mean, yeah. so it's still infancy at totally. this point. Yeah, totally. How has the response been from? Uh, I know we sort of just touched on it before, but mm-hmm. in, in a general sense, how's it been? It's been really good. Yeah, yeah. I I couldn't be more stoked. Fantastic. Yeah, people are uh, people are having fun. We're having fun. It's been really good. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you attribute a bunch of the interest to Peter's reputation, being that he was sort of like, you know, you've been in a, a de- you know, eight years, you said, I think. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. I mean, that's a serious amount of time in any industry. Um, someone who had a bit, you know, I guess somewhat of an esteemed career mm-hmm. at such a significant brewery. Do you think he, his involvement um, contributed to the interest in this at all? Or was it a little, oh, like, yeah. not, yeah? Yeah. I don't think that you could really separate... Um, I think it's difficult to, I'm trying to figure out how to put that other than just, yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm saying it that way because I don't want to take away any of your involvement in your history and your relationships, right? I'm just mean that like, you know what I'm saying? If there's someone who has a bit of a reputation, perhaps Mm -hmm. that that reputation contributed to the, at least the initial stages. And once it's like, oh yeah, you know, Peter, the guy from New Belgium, for sure. they come through and they'll see you guys and meet Mm -hmm. you and they'll be like, damn, this beer is fire. And then all that goes out the window, but it might be that part of the motivation to bring him in yeah I think Peter's name brings people in I uh, I think that people come back because they enjoy what it is that we're doing but there's just no doubt that what Peter brings to the table because of his um, involvement in changing beer in this country it's just it's a he he brings a lot he brings yeah. a lot of firepower and so for me uh, especially it's really cool to work with somebody that I've looked up to since I was basically a teenager um, and I don't tell him that but um, <laughs> I hope he's not watching yeah <laughs> but uh, you know it's really special for me to to work with somebody and, and own a business and work alongside somebody that is so much more experienced than I am and uh, and who I've looked up to as kind of a hero yeah. for me and, and I know a lot of people that are going to listen and watch this are, are thinking the same thing that you know Peter really is a he is a, a figure and a hero for craft beer in this country and so uh, it's very so, cool so yeah I, I think that you know what he brings to the table is definitely very important have you felt that you've uh, working with someone like him and then over you know the learnings that come with mm-hmm. owning a business and all you know all the mistakes and then the successes together how, how has that sort of been for you would that sort of live up to like you know say working with with Peter in, in this business then was that I guess how am I saying it like did it help did it make it easier that he was already? Uh, had the reputation or was it sort of like still a, a steep learning curve for you both being that you know he I, I don't know if he actually owned a brewery prior to working in New Belgium or whatever but yeah he did actually he did yeah back oh, uh, in Belgium back in he? the day it yeah, was called yeah, yeah. a swingle um, but I guess there was a significant gap in between yeah for sure that was a long time ago um, yeah, I'm not super sure how to answer that question uh, like, has it, was it easier, do you think, his, having someone who was already so experienced, did it make you sort of be like, oh, like, I'll just be a Ruby and he knows what's up? Like, was did it make you pull back or anything, or was it, did that not affect it at all? Um, I think that everybody, uh, a part of the founding group, brought something to the table that allowed the business to... Uh, 
to come to fruition uh, more successfully. And so okay. uh, Peter definitely brings a lot of experience and a lot of uh, dreaming. And um, I think that you could really say that about everybody on the team, right. to be honest. Uh, but yeah, there's no doubt about it. You know, Peter's experience in the brewing industry definitely, uh, probably one of the most important things was uh, the economic aspect of why it is that we're doing what we're doing. Um, given the climate of the beer industry in this country uh, and how fast it's growing, it's actually really scary to be a big brewer. Yeah. And so I think because of Peter's experience in the industry, he was able to really more clearly look at the economic impacts of what it is that we were going to do. And that was a big factor in deciding to be super small, Hmm. um, which is really scary because, you know, like I said, it takes the same amount of labor to make a little bit of beer as it does to make a lot of bit of beer. Right. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's always invaluable to have somebody with so much more experience. Right, just to sort of guide. I'm sure he would have seen, like you mentioned, all the economics. He would have seen that the growth period from super young to where they are now-ish. Yeah, for sure. And would have been able to pull those lessons and apply that to what you're doing. Absolutely. So it's always good to have somewhat of a a mentor or sort of uh, Mm -hmm. someone with a little more experience on the team, which is great. Um, What are the roles of of the the four of you guys? How is that sort of the work split up? Sure. So, uh, me, I'm a brewer, work in the tap room to clean the toilets, fix the <laughs> toilets, paint stuff, build furniture, barrels for days. Um, so what don't you do really is what you say. I just don't do Laura's job. <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty much everything else that actually makes a business run. Uh, I don't even know how to explain Laura's job. She's sitting back there, but you can yell it out if you like. Uh, we can hear you. Yeah. I, I do the, uh, marketing and day-to-day operational things, like administrative things, like <laughs> paying our employees and all of that. Right, right. Taxes, all that jazz. Paperwork. Yeah, and then, like, our public relations and right. our legal affairs. Um, yeah, so this, and, like, the marketing involves, like, I do all of our website management. Right, social yeah. and stuff, yeah. Um, yeah. Sick. Yeah. Is yeah, it? Uh, yeah, 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 I buy toilet paper that, that <laughs> helps stock <laughs> and I help, uh, I help dwindle that stock down pretty well. Yes, too. Yeah. very important. Yeah, Double, two play or three play? <laughs> I got it. It's got to be three play. Oh, day. Yeah. Yo, I, comment or let us know if you use two or three play. Three play, I, I refuse to use anything less. If it's at home, I mean, if I'm out somewhere out, you make do. But I very much appreciate yeah. the attention to detail yeah. that a business would like to respect that part of your consumer's body. Nobody wants stinky fingers. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's the episode. That's the episode name. <laughs> <laughs> That's the title of the podcast. <sighs> Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. For sure. Oof, I'm a little off track now. That's amazing. I haven't heard that for a while. Yeah, I feel like three-ply doesn't get tall. I don't use three-ply tissues as well. Like, oh, yeah. I blend, blow my nose and anything less, mate. I don't want, like, velvet. Yeah. Every that's time. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you got to respect yourself. Good food, good yeah. beer, good tissue. Exactly. 
I like your style, man. I I likewise. I think we're on the same vibe, bro. Yeah. I love it. I can't remember what I was going to talk about now. <laughs> um, like, wait, oh, oh, the team. Yeah. So, so, okay. So we know Laura. We know what you do. Yeah. Um, what about um, the rest of the team? What sure. And, and it's probably fair to just start off right about we all work in the tap room. Okay. And that kind of gives us sort of that high touch vibe. Um, I'm sure the consumers appreciate it too. Like when the owners, brewers, like people that are involved in the business, like they really like that. Uh, the FaceTime. Yeah, I sure. feel like that's one of the most appreciated things. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, Peter, he's pretty much in charge of charge of shepherding the barrels back here. Okay. Um, he does quite a bit of traveling, so for his other businesses and stuff too. So he's not always here, but um, I would definitely consider him the master brewer. Okay, for sure. So is if if someone comes up with a recipe or an idea for a beer. What, what's that sort of process look um, like then? We don't really have a process, actually. We just, if, if it's Peter's day to brew, he brews something. If it's my day to brew, I brew something. A lot of times we just kind of brew stuff together, and he'll bounce an idea off me, and I'll bounce an idea off him. And, and in that respect, Peter and I work together so well. And, and first and foremost, Peter, he's the man. Um, you know, I'm I'm not the man, but uh, <laughs> hey, hey. but him and I work together so good because he he's so into just jumping off and just going for it, right? And I'm so uh, into overthinking things, and I like to think things. But we're both in the clouds always, and so uh, we come up with really fun things, and so we really vibe off each other, and it works out really good. Um, so Peter works in the brew house. He's tap room. He's always doing stuff with the barrels. Um, he does a lot of stuff for our books, which is really cool. Um, coming up with new ideas. Uh, Freezy's pretty much part-time in the tap room. That Freezy's Peter's wife. Um, she works full-time at New Belgium in their tap room. Okay. So she's not here quite as much. It's a lot um, of beer work. Yeah. Her. Yep. Lots of beer slinging. <clears throat> so it was all love. It was a nice, uh, like, they're still all cool. There's no, it wasn't like any hard feelings leaving New Belgium and stuff like that. Everything's all, all good. I mean, as far as I know, yeah, it seems pretty good. Being that she I'm, still works there, it's the only reason they even came up. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I think that everything's fine for sure. I'm sure it was difficult for New Belgium to see Peter go. Yeah, like yeah, someone who's like. It was kind of bittersweet, but they were very, um, they were very friendly about transitioning him. Over right. Here. But mostly because Peter always told Kim from the beginning that he would say as long as he was always learning. And it got to that point. It got to that point where mm. he wanted to, to keep learning. And, um, and so, you know, she totally respected that. And everybody in the, in the brewery um, respected that too. So. Right. So it was all positive. I mean, I, I generally see that within the beer world that I don't think there's ever... Yeah, people aren't really like, I don't know, bitter about those sort of things. It doesn't happen very often I would say so that's kind of cool I mean that's an exceptional circumstance to be yeah. fair but at the same token it's pretty cool that you, know, you gotta do what you gotta do people don't stick around forever yeah and you know we're so lucky to be in an industry that's as open minded as the brewing industry because it's just a, it's an overall asshole free industry everybody's quite friendly and, yeah um, yeah everyone's just drunk all the time like, hey no, I like that a lot. I think it's like it's so consistent anywhere in the world. I'm sure you guys mm-hmm. have probably had a similar experience. It's just it's always uh, just people are cool. I don't know. Everyone's generally pretty happy, and yeah, it's uh, you know particularly the one the, the the people that are involved in the breweries. Anyway, I love it. Very very cool. 
Um, okay, sick. So let me see how how long have we got. Okay, still got a little bit more time. Um, what else do I want to talk about? So, like, as far as the Colorado scene and stuff, like, how have you guys sort of, like, has it been pretty, like, because you were already working out here in the brewery too, mm-hmm. right, before you had this. So you were sort of already knew what was going on. You knew the scene. You knew yep. some of the main players and stuff. So it was kind of easy to, like, you guys just fit in. Everything was all sweet out here. Yeah, I mean... Uh Totally, and we're doing so, something that's so much different from everybody else that it, you know we're really not stepping on anybody's toes. Um, we just kind of slid right in, and there was, yeah, I mean, uh, the Colorado beer scene. I don't, I can't speak for other beer scenes in other states, but the Colorado beer scene is just so friendly. Yeah, um, you know, we're we basically have a, a Google group, um, and everybody's communicating with each other in town. Um, in the northern Colorado area, if I need a bag of malt that I don't have, I'll send it out, and somebody would be like, "Oh yeah, come on over, I got that bag for you." And I'll nice. I love that. Exchange it, yeah. you know. And it, it's uh, <clears throat> yeah. I, I hope that the industry can stay that way. You know, as it gets more crowded, you know, you never know what's going to happen because we're all competing for the same drinking occasions. Yeah. And you know, those drinking occasions. Uh, versus how many breweries there are is changing rapidly at the moment so but I think for the most part you know it's going to be all good um, so hopefully I answered your question no that's perfect just slid right in it was no big deal fantastic um, on a little bit of a different note so the types of beers when um, we were talking with Katie and she was telling us about you guys um, I took a look at the Instagram and you guys have done some super interesting beers mm-hmm. Um do you want to just speak on some of the 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 more you know some of the your favorite stuff or some of the more fun stuff that you guys have done in the last year or so? Oh yeah, man! It's there's just been so many, uh, so many. The uh, a street taco beer that we made. We did a collaboration with a couple um, other breweries in town, and my request to everybody was, I want to come up with something fun. And somebody said, well, what about street food? And I was like, bam, street taco beer. Let's do street tacos. And so everything that you're going to find in a street taco, that's in that beer. Amazing. Well, we, we, loves to grill yeah. so, or like barbecue anything. Mm-hmm. So it was just a win-win for him. Yeah, yeah. He, brought, he brought the barbecue grill. And, like, <laughs> they were just barbecuing out here mm-hmm. uh, like all day while they were brewing beer and yeah. One for me, one for the beer. <laughs> yeah, we, we grilled up pineapple, we grilled up limes, we grilled up, uh, oh God, what else? Probably like some sort of like Peppers, meat? no meat. All vegetables and stuff. All vegetables, we grilled up corn, we threw tortilla chips in there, um, cilantro, we threw it all in the beer and it was really good. That's um, so sick. We've done a sun-dried tomato and chili beer, uh, that was fantastic. Um, Sour? Nope, not no? sour. Uh, we we've done a uh, a spinach and pumpkin beer. Yeah, that, that one looks so sick. Totally green. That was probably one of my favorite beers that we've made it because it was just so green, but it doesn't taste like spinach, and it was just really subtle and it was quite beautiful. Um, I made a I made a peanut butter beer peanut butter chocolate beer for the birth of my kid. Nice. Which you know that's really not that crazy. Uh, a lot of people make peanut butter chocolate beer but anyway it was new for me I never done it so yeah sounds bomb yeah Um, Yeah. what other cool beers have we made there's just so many did you say the baby 
Oh yeah, we Ooh. we dry hopped with bacon and malt that I smoked in my smoker. Nice. Um, dry baconed. We call that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dry baconed it. Yeah. It was really good. <laughs> dry baconed the shit out of it. They found an herb. Uh, what was it called? It, it basically uh, yeah, it's it's like oh. um, it's like a natural male enhancement oh, um, male yeah. libido thing. I know exactly what it's the a, horny goat weed. No, no, it's a um, it's a bark. Not the same one. It's a, it's a bark. I reckon it's probably got that same. Meaning. That's a product name. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's great stuff. It's a it's a bark from a tree, and it's actually quite beautiful and aromatic. And so right. we um, dry hopped a beer with that. I don't know if my libido got any better, yeah. but, um, but the beer tasted great. But the beer was really good. We've done all kinds of mushroom beers. Uh, so, like, really, like, earthy type of stuff? Is there, like, a, the theme here is kind of, like, very much from the earth and, like... Sure. Um, I'm trying to think of another word to describe it, I guess, because it's sort of, like, you know, different barks and mushrooms and stuff mm-hmm. like that that is all very vegetal and earthy yeah. type of... Right, no Fruit Loop, no Captain Crunch. There's, there's nothing wrong with that, though, of course. But it's not. Doesn't fit your aesthetic and what you're trying to go. Well, for. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to throwing. <laughs> Should I started throwing uh, cereal and beer at least? I don't know, maybe 15 years ago. Really? Uh, What'd doing, you do? Uh, all kinds of different cornflakes I've used. Cherries. I did a lot of weird stuff when I was in college. But like I said, you know, I grew up with a dad that was making really funky beers back in the 90s. But It seemed way ahead of his time. Yeah. But we've done a lot of cool stuff, and kind of what we're trying to do is to show people what beer can be. We want to create flavors, not not beers. You know, it's a, these, this mm. idea of flavors and, and to um, make these subtle components um, so that, you know, when you, when you drink a wine and you're thinking oh you know wow like coconut or chocolate or you know we want to we want to give experiences like that where people are like oh man what is this what's going on here yeah we've used all kinds of different woods um and 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 because i mentioned wine i, I want to mention that uh i think when people go and they buy a six pack of beer they're buying a six pack of beer they're not thinking about what the brewer was thinking where the ingredients came from what season those ingredients grew in what was the weather that year but when you go and buy buy a bottle of wine you're thinking whoa you know geez what what year was it you know what was the terroir yeah i mean all all these things that you think about and it become it it becomes a much more romantic drink and we want to show people that beer can be as romantic as wine Mm -hmm. because it is as romantic as wine facts and so that's why it's so important for us to, uh, um, to uh, I don't even know what the right word is, but uh, to share what we do with, with folks so that they kind of um, pick up on the romanticism behind mm. these uh, things that we're creating. And, uh, you know, beer is just the canvas, I guess. Hell yeah. And Heads back to the art reference. Yeah, and I didn't say that as <clears throat> cool as it could have been said. <laughs> no, but we, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. It's, uh, it makes complete sense that, that, that people don't understand how complex beer can be. And yeah, I think it sure. had that, not, I was going to say Neanderthals, the wrong way, they kind of like a blue collar reputation yeah. over the years. And I know canned beer was like, most restaurants didn't, still don't stock canned beer because they think it's lesser than. Totally. When it's not, it's just a more superior, it's a superior packaging for you know oxidization and light and just lighten the weight and everything like it's mm-hmm. so i feel like beer now because of people like yourselves who have sort of created this 
artistic angle on it. People can come in here, they'll have the same experience they'll have at a winery, like like you go know, to a wine tasting room or a cellar door, mm-hmm. and they'll have a flight of different wines and the different stuff, and you guys will have a similar situation. They'll come in and see all the barrels. Like you can't say that wine is more complex than this. Or at least, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. or or this is lesser than is kind of what I'm saying. Like, sure. It's not it's just not. And I think a lot of people are realizing that. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's cool. that kind of goes a little bit more on along uh, along the lines of why we also want to be small is because um, because we're small, every ounce of beer that we are making has just that much more attention that goes into it. And when you yeah. think about wine, you know, a winemaker maybe only has thirty vintages in their lifetime to make, and so each one of those vintages needs to be they have to put so much heart and soul into that because that's that's a lot of that's work everything. that one vintage that's yeah. everything and so the amount of uh, attention that goes into these wines is incredible and it shows in a lot of a lot of ways you know sure with a, lot, a lot of wines and so we want to we want to be that way we want to show people that you know we're not just trying to pump out beers every two weeks you know we're, we're trying to pump uh, we're not trying to really pump anything out we're just we're we're trying to show that every ounce uh, is something magical you know, and, and it really is because every ounce is pretty much uh, a miracle that it even a happened. Mir- when a you think about here. it, right? Yep. Yeah, and now I started talking about it. Um, we interviewed this brewery called Dry River in Los Angeles last year, and you remind me of the gentleman Naga who owns that, and he he calls it slow beer. So it's the concept and the type of things he uses. Like he opened breweries in like Brazil and different places. So he's very much he'd like pull over on the side of the road and he'll see some like tree bark or some crazy tree and he'll go and like take all the stuff and he'll make something from that. And mm-hmm. it's like this real the idea is exactly what you're talking about. It's not pumping out six packs, it's a slow process of care and like I guess love and art into this product that means a lot more than just the commodity of like sure. six of this or a case of this type of thing. Yeah. So I think that that's the, the, the this is probably the second time I've seen that concept sort of come through and I, I guess that sums up pretty well. Yeah. What and it, it is. It's not just it's not just time, you know, it's not that I mean some of the beers that we do, you know, make, sometimes they don't take two weeks. Sometimes they're really quick and so maybe I didn't use a, a great analogy for time, but uh, uh, more the care, maybe the, the, as more, opposed to the time itself, like yeah. or just not being rushed and the commodity is kind of more where I was coming from. It's yeah, not like you said the six pack mentality, and that's fine because there's a big, there's a lot of room for that. Yeah, but there's also room for the other side of it. That's the perfect way to describe it. Yeah, it's uh, super interesting to me just to see the sort of the approach mm-hmm. and uh, sort of you know because this is not common. And then, you know, sitting in a room of barrels, I guess it's extra evident that it's, uh, you yeah. know, all of this is like the products that are going to come. Oh, we got a visitor. All good? Yeah. So, I think we're about time for lightning round. We have a lightning round that's never lightning. Called the molasses round. If you if you guys want to go a little bit over four, dude, it's not a problem. We're okay? Yeah, all right. For sure. So, we'll, we'll kick these out, but you can take your time. Answering these ones, and we can keep going, like, because we're not in a rush today at all. So it's more like want to make be conscious of that. Yeah, hold on, Katie. Hush it. He's like, I'm good. I got my stout. Like, I'm chill. Um, okay, what would be your guilty pleasure beer? Beer you would be embarrassed to admit to a beer nerd you enjoy? Uh, Moosehead. 
Oh, represent Halifax. All right. Dude, I'm telling you, Moosehead, yeah. <laughs> I haven't had one for so long. Yeah. That was the number one, the first beer I ever reviewed for the thing. Yeah. And I haven't had it since then. That would have been January 20th, 2011. Really? Because I try not to drink bad beer anymore, but maybe it's not that bad. I think Moosehead tastes really good. I, I like it. All right. Pacifico, that's another one. We drink Pacificos all day. Yeah, I've had that before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great answer. Uh, opposite, beer you would decline under any circumstances. Oh, man, beer I would decline under any circumstances. I mean, I feel like everybody that's <clears throat> listening to this knows what I should say, but I'm not going to say it. No? No, I'm not going to say what you want. You say what you want. You're an independent individual. Uh, what beer would I decline? I don't know. I don't know if I, I would. say PBL. So, like, I would not take it and be like, really? do you have Budweiser? Do you have water? Really? Do you have coffee? God, I don't know if there is a beer that I would decline. That's also acceptable. You don't have to. I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> I like your attitude. There's a, there's a beer for every moment. There's a beer for every moment. That's a good uh, episode title. Yeah, I like that. I like Bam. That. Bam. That'll be a that that'll be a thousand dollars. So uh, just I'll send you five Venmo. <laughs> send that across Cash App. Yeah. We don't have any of those in Canada, so it's all good. We just the YouTubers talk about it, so trying to be cool like the kids. Um, favorite beer style? Oh man, uh, favorite beer style? It's a tough one. So it could be maybe your go-to. Like if you go to a liquor store, you walk in. What do you? What do you? Uh, moving towards it depends on what the weather is and what I'm gonna be eating before or after it, it, I feel like I should be able to have an answer to that but that's my answer I, uh, it's, it's situational it's totally situational for me yep acceptable uh, least favorite beer style so it doesn't mean you hate it just maybe it's the opposite of that like it would be the last one you would kind of okay I would probably say it at the current at the current moment, my least favorite styles are probably smoked beers. I used to love smoked beers, but as of recent, I'm just not real not into them. I'm just not really into it. Okay. At the moment. I feel that that is probably the most common answer. Really? Yeah, because they are very acquired tastes. They just you know it tastes like a house fire and bacon. I like bacon though. Bacon I love good. bacon. Yeah. I don't know if I've had bacon beer. Have you had bacon beer? Yeah, I just. Oh, you, you had yeah. bacon hot. How was that? It was freaking good, man. <laughs> I actually did like that one because the smoke was subtle oh. and it was freshly smoked. I smoked it in my own uh, kiln. So you could like, taste my own the smoker. Um, what you put into the smoker, like type of thing. It, it was, was really... just, yeah, it was very subtle. It was beautiful. The bacon didn't come through a ton, but it was, um, it was nice. I love it. Yeah. Uh, favorite beer, city, destination, or country? Um, I don't know. It's a tough one. Beer destination. You could say Fort Collins, Colorado, maybe. Uh, I know I live here, though. <laughs> Hashtag love Fort Collins. Um, I would definitely say Fort Collins is probably <laughs> yeah, one of the coolest same. places, but I... It certainly is. Mm, there's so many good ones, man. <laughs> so many good ones. <laughs> like, actually. Do you know 70% of Colorado's uh, breweries are in Fort Collins? Facts or no? No. No, 70% Damn it. Yeah. Not 77% of the brewery, 77% of the beer. Yeah. yeah. So close. Denver would also be on the map because they, they're they killing it when it comes to amount of craft. volume. 
but they're busting just, out. Just the amount of breweries that's in Denver is insane. Um, Did you have another place besides me putting words into your mouth? I was going to say San Diego, but... Oh, uh, yes. And, and I, I would say some of the other places, you know, in Oregon, Washington, but yeah. I haven't been there for a long time, so... It might not be as... Uh, oh, I could, that's actually... Well, the, no, I just, I just haven't been there, and so... I, um, so that's why I was thinking of just places that I've been that are killing it as far as tons of craft breweries. Oh, yeah. Yeah, San Diego and Colorado are always, like, the top two, I would always, I would say. Maybe Port, with Portland would be top three. No particular order. I could totally see that. Yeah, that's what I've always... I haven't been to Portland. Now we've been here, I, I get it. But it was always, like, those are the regions. If you're going to visit, like, craft beer, like, that's where you have to go. Yeah. It was a good answer. Uh, before you say that next one, hey... Does anybody need a, need or want a beer? Um, oh, do we want to do the? Um, we can get another beer. Or we can do the barrel thing. If you I like. want to do a beer first, and then we'll do the barrel <laughs> with it. I'm, I'm I'm down for it. With it, I'm with it. <laughs> it's perfect. I do need to use the washroom. Do you think I should do that? And and not, oh, totally. But should I bring the, the the thing in so we don't have to edit it? Or is that weird for people? All right, we'll be right back. All right, back at it. Got a beer. Uh, first beer you ever brewed? Uh, man, first beer that first beer that I ever brewed on my own. Um, yes, we can go with your dad. Yeah. College by yourself, commercially. First beer I ever brewed with my dad, I think, was a ESB. Ooh. Uh, cool. First beer that I ever brewed on my own was a chili beer. Interesting. Green chili. Yeah. Colorado. I think. <laughs> I think. I mean, it was, you know, college, man. Yeah, who knows? You know, those days were kind of, kind of hazy. I, right? I, I seem to remember that being the first one that I made. Um, <laughs> That'll work. No one can prove otherwise. Yeah. First commercial beer that I made was, uh, oh my gosh, I don't know. When you make commercial beer, I mean, you go to work and you make like, you know, a crap load of beer every day. I don't yeah. really remember what it was, but it was, you know, Hawaiian Ui. It was probably... I don't, rem- I don't remember. I don't remember what it was. That works. But That's it's fine. One of their beers. They're all like the the homebrew and the college brews are all pretty solid. From memory, no dumping. Uh, n- no. My chili beer that I made was way too hot. I dumped it. <laughs> I did. Yeah. It was. Sometimes you got it. It was unpleasant. It's <laughs> <laughs> a yeah. great descriptor. Unpleasant. I love it. Was it. Um, unpleasant. Favorite and least favorite styles to brew. Uh, I would say that my least favorite style to brew is, oh man, I just don't like really making styles. Huh, all general. right, that's a good one. Just Your see, least favorite is making styles? When, when you right? make a style, every, t- every time you think about, when am I going to put this in, it's like, oh, because, you know, the, a judge is going to dock me because it has this or something and to me I don't think you can judge artwork I think it's actually really silly so I um, so to answer your question I don't like brewing any styles nice not really anyway not like you don't like you don't not like none of them just do what you want yeah I just like to do what I want anything annoying is there any maybe ingredient difficult or fun to work with on either side of that uh, there's a lot of difficult ingredients to work with. Ones that I don't like working with would probably be, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh my goodness. Uh, that's a tough one. Like a lot of people say rye because it gets stuck and because it's thicker. 
but it tastes so good. Yeah, that, but that's also the problem. It's the least favorite styles to brew, but it's always worth it mm-hmm. because the uh, the outcome is phenomenal. Um, I. You can pass too, eh? This is not. Yeah, no. I, I don't want. Ain't nobody for. Shit, I don't want to pass. I don't want pass, <laughs> man. Pass, God damn it. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh. I don't know, man. I think that there's a time and place for everything, and you know, yeah, some people might not want to brew with wheat because it sticks the match. But if you just throw some rice holes in there, you'll be okay. And so, um, I don't yeah. like to brew with. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> We can come back to it even. Maybe it'll just it'll kick in. Cabbage. We'll cabbage? cabbage. Oh, Maybe I cabbage don't want to make... the worst to brew with. But you know, you know what, though? I'm probably going to make a cabbage beer now. You should. I don't think there is an ingredient that I don't like to brew with that I can think of because I... Because if, if I think that I don't like brewing with that, then that's because I haven't, haven't done, done it yet. I haven't done it yet or I haven't done a good enough job with it. So An alternative question, then. What is the weirdest ingredient you've used in a beer? Oh man, that's really tough. Because it seems like you've used some pretty weird one. Uh, leeks. Leeks. Oh, unconventional is a good one. Oh, leeks is a good one. Leeks. Yeah, we made a leek beer in Belgium. Um, How was that? Good. We did a bunch of experiments when we were in our our uh, ARB and B with Peter and Freezy and and Laura and. Uh, we were trying to figure out what's the best time and place and, and dosing rate to put in leeks um, because green onions and those kind of things have a lot of sulfur in them and we want to figure out how can we get the leek flavor without the sulfur in So we did a bunch of experiments. It was really fun and the beer tastes really good. I like that, leeks. Yeah. No one's ever that, said that before. That was probably the most unconventional ingredient Great that we've brewed with. Solid. Uh, what music do you listen to when you brew? Uh, I'm really eclectic. I listen to all kinds of different music. African music, Cuban music, jazz, reggae, rap, hip-hop, country nice. music. Uh, Everything. I, yeah, I, the only thing I don't <clears throat> like is oldies. I can't really, I can't really get the old stuff. Get myself into oldies, but. It's a little offensive. Just to me, yeah. How do you feel about it? The metal. Most brewers like metal. What is, what is oldies anyway? Yeah. Isn't it always kind of. That's a good point. That's like, good point. like old classic rock from like the 60s or something? Or like pop music from the 60s? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the Beatles and stuff like that. It's not my Not thing. a fan? Uh, Respect it, just not. It doesn't sound good to me. Um, that's a good. That's a good way to say it. I'm the same. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't sound good to me, and that's the subjective part of the answer. Yeah. So you can't argue with that. Um, what's your favorite hop? Uh, I don't know. Fair enough. What about? What's your favorite barrel, like oak? What's your favorite sort of wood to put? beer in to age beer in. well right now I think uh, Jacquatiba we've done some experiments with that that's been really fun uh, Mongolian Oak we have a beer coming on tap this weekend with Mongolian Oak that's really interesting nice. uh, wood has kind of been our signature funky wood that nobody really uses in this country okay. um, but it's you know heavily used in South America and, and whatnot, but um, 
I mean, that's kind of what we do. That's sort of our claim to fame is, you know, using so many different woods. We have a, a thing in the in the cooler with probably 50 different woods that we are doing experiments on. And uh, so I couldn't really answer what my favorite one to use is. Okay. Because that's a work in progress on a weekly basis. Oh, still probably pretty early early days in the scheme of things. Oh, it's always going to be like, that way. I mean, we're just there. That's that's what's beautiful <clears throat> about this. It's all experimentation and having fun. There's no real limit. It's just going into the kitchen and figuring out what's next. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Uh, what does your family think of your job? <laughs> They're pretty stoked. Nice. I think that um, my, my family is very proud of what we've done and accomplished and not necessarily sure that they were very stoked when I went into brewing. Because they kind of wanted me to go into, you know, what I was going to school for. Um, but ultimately, I've used all my degrees um, since I've been a brewer, so it's kind of cool. I went to school for land use planning and environmental science, so. So it's all kind of like plays in? It's all kind of assisted you out here? Oh, gosh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite adjunct? What's your favorite sort of additional thing to chuck into beer? Adjunct. Right off the bat, when you say adjunct, my initial reaction is to say corn. And I like to say corn because everybody talks shit about breweries that use corn. And I think that's really funny because it's such a smart ingredient to use. It has a low protein content. It's got an interesting flavor if it's processed um, in a way that makes it taste good. I'm just going to say corn because I think that's funny, but rice is actually really neat too. We've been doing a lot of experiments with um, um, using koji rice Mm -hmm. and uh, bringing uh, sort of a sake approach to what we're doing. Cool. And uh, I'm just going to say corn. I think that's funny. I like that. And it's actually true. We... This, not, not this beer, but um, I just made a beer that's in the tanks back there with malted corn. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, what's it going to be? Um, it's destined for barrels, but I'm going to keg up some. It's going to be a raspberry corn beer. Nice. Okay. And then it's going to go into barrels, and we're going to put <coughs> more raspberry in it and sour, sour the crap out of it. And then see what happens. Mm-hmm. I love that. Speaking of that, uh, one thing that uh, we actually just saw while we were chatting earlier is uh, something I've never seen before. They're called squirrels. Mm-hmm. Can you explain what on earth that is? It's super yeah. cool. It is cool. It's basically a stainless steel barrel that's square, and uh, you can line the barrel with staves. And the benefit to that is that you still get the same interaction that you get in a barrel, which is an interaction between the outside environment and the inside inside environment where the beer is or wine or whatever mm-hmm. um, which is it's much different than if you were just to throw you know oak pieces in a tank or something like that you're not really getting any interaction with the outside environment uh, which is key for the aging of, of um, wine and spirits and beer and, and stuff like that but uh, it's it's going to be a, a game changer for brewing, uh, distilling, and wine because to buy a brand new barrel is very expensive. Whereas yeah. if you can, bu- if you buy these squirrels, uh, all you got to do is just buy new staves. So it's you would way cheaper than buying a new barrel. You can 
you could soak them in bourbon if you wanted to. You could toast them. You could uh, you can do all different kinds of things. You can use different woods from all over the world, and these things it gives you the opportunity to play um, in ways that you can't do with just conventional barrels. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> and this would be more reusable. In the sense of like you have the totally the metal rings and stuff, yep. you just have to stick the wood in once it's done, take it out, recycle, yeah. totally chuck in the new ones. Yeah, absolutely. It's totally recycle, uh, not recyclable, but reusable. Mm-hmm. I mean, so as a barrel, you know, a lot of these barrels that we have are you know twenty or thirty years old. Wow. Um, but this kind of gives you the opportunity to get fresh wood if you want that fresh wood character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you had a, if we had a barrel, uh, for example, of sour beer and it tastes beautiful, but it just needs a little bit more oak character, I could transfer, uh, that barrel into a squirrel with fresh oak, let it sit for a couple days, transfer it back and there you have it. Right. Uh, so it brings that just like a real quick mm-hmm. injection rather than the whole thing of moving it to another barrel, which I yep. assume would be a little more difficult Yeah. than the squirrel or not really? Uh... Or is the process about the same? It's about the same, except for the fact that I could take that squirrel and put it in my kegerator and serve right off of it. Really? It's just like a keg. Wow. So I can actually serve right out of it, and we do that all the time. It's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Have you been using them now? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, we have three sick. of them. We, I think we were the one of the first people to get them and experiment with them. It's, it's lovely. That is so cool. Yeah. Uh, is it common? Like, do any other breweries use them, or is it... Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's a new business, so I think they have a couple hundred out in the market at the moment, wow. but it, they're a growing business, and as soon as people pick up on it, it's going to fly. That's going to go over. So is that just here, just locally, Colorado? Um, no, they've got them all over Canada and, and Vancouver. Wow. Um, all over the United States. Like I said, it's a brand new business, so they're, uh, they're just kind of ramping up. Uh, but it's going to be a game. So it, it'll be a game changer for the wine distilling and beer industry, for sure. Do they sell the staves themselves? Yes, as well. So they'd be like, "Hey, on top of this, I can actually give you the perfect ones that are yeah. cut for the the thing." Yeah. So bad just get it all one stop shop. Yep. Damn, that's totally. so sick, man. Yeah, they I also they also make uh, real barrels and um, they use a different company name for that. But yeah, I mean it's a it's a really fascinating business and in company. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. It's just something I never even really considered uh, that you know would even work. But yes, it just makes sense. What was? Why did they do that? Like, why did they? What was the motivation? What, what was it? What weren't barrels doing mm-hmm. for them? <clears throat> I think really what it came down to is barrels are very expensive and they take up a lot of space to st- store. Um, they're not stackable in a. I mean, obviously they're stackable, but, but not uh, the same way. It's just not quite as efficient as this design that they've came up with. And yeah, um, I mean, there's no doubt. Like I still love my barrels and stuff, but it's pretty cool to have squirrels around to play with. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess you get that freshness. Like you don't have to like take it and put it into another. It's like unless it removes the step, mm-hmm. you could age it in there and he's like chuck it under. Yeah. Put it, tap it. Bam, bam. Totally. So sick. Um, some that's something you're gonna continue to use. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep, we'll continue to use them because they're great, uh, and it allows us the opportunity to do a lot of really fun experimentation with different woods. Whereas you can't really do that with barrels. Uh, it just wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be economical. It's, 
So yeah, right. it, it allows us the opportunity to do stuff that we couldn't do in a barrel format. Fantastic, whilst keeping true to the sort of ethos and the the, the flavor profile and the vibe of the brewery itself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is sick. Mm-hmm. Um, what other beers you got coming up? Like, is there anything you can sort of speak to? Because this will be a bit of a gap between when this released. So like, you got a, a bit of time if there's something's coming out soon that uh, you're working on? Or is there anything you're excited about that you have coming up? Yeah, totally. Uh, the squirrel beer that we have coming up for this weekend is going to be interesting. Like I said, Mongolian oak. It was fermented with a mixed culture fermentation, so it's got a bit of a funky, a bit of a sour. Um, not funky in a in the way that it, it's really not that funky, actually. It's quite beautiful. It's very cloudy in a, in a almost wheat beer kind of way. Um, and it just picked up so many neat characters from the squirrel. Um, we, as I had mentioned, made a street taco beer. We cellared some of it, which I actually didn't know that we cellared some. I accidentally put a couple kegs in the cooler. Right. And then I put some kegs on top of it, and we were in the cooler the other day, and we're like, oh, crap, we have some street taco. we got to bring that back because it was a huge hit. So we're going to do that this week, too. Uh, but I mean that's what's fun about what we do is every week is something new and something special that's sick yeah are you guys doing GABF because it starts tomorrow no no uh, not doing GABF <clears throat> I know that Peter is judging um, for the beer competition but other nice. than that we're not going to go no not interested or uh, or so no. too young maybe you want to like get into it a bit more you know for for us personally it just I don't think it really benefits us to be um, in a sea of 5,000 beers it just doesn't really benefit our our model too much to, yeah. to do these festivals um, that makes sense nothing against it I love the Brewers Association what they've done for the um, beer industry around the world is paramount and I'm very thankful uh, but festivals like that just don't really generate much um, interest for me personally um, for the business and uh, I also don't believe in competition for artwork it seems so weird to me that the whole judging aspect of beers I just don't yeah. really, I just don't really get it so it is I get it but it just doesn't it's not of interest for me so totally um, do you have you gone you've gone in the past before absolutely as like a drinker good time as a well I've never really went as a drinker I've always went for breweries that I've worked at and of course you, you automatically become a drinker it's a, it's a really fun part <laughs> kind of, of part of the game yeah. it's a really cool thing to do and I definitely recommend anybody that likes craft beer to at least do it once yeah it's, for sure it's a ton of fun we're yeah. excited yeah bucket list things uh, particularly mm-hmm. just because it's so such a cool American thing because everything here is so big and there's like the choice fatigue and stuff like the decision fatigue sorry yeah so like I'm looking forward to not knowing what to do with 4,000 5,000 beers whatever it is yeah like, it's a ton I don't know how many it is this year but it's I actually had a notification just before if it came up from their app that said I think they said they just added what was it I think they said they added 4,000 4, plus beers have been poured into the app wow so I guess they do have 4,000 um you could time we can wrap it up now sure good to go brother thank you so much that was a pleasure dude absolutely um, where can everybody find you guys online uh, purposebrewing.com uh, and or Facebook uh, Instagram Twitter and stuff yeah I think Laura what do we do Instagram or Twitter sorry that on it's a kid's that's yeah
Purpose Brewery? Brewing. 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 Purpose Brewing. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Perfect. Love it. Um, this place is awesome. So if you're in Fort Colorado... Wow, Fort Colorado. That sounds cool. That'd be a name of a If you're in Fort Colorado, come through. Yeah, you could do that, actually. You yeah. could have that one. Done. It's my gift to you no. for you being... No, for your hospitality. I'll slide, you, I'll slide you some... Beer? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody does money around here. <laughs> Hugs and beer. Yeah, Done. Maybe some, maybe some coffee beans. Okay. About that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For sure. All right. Got it. Um, guys, thanks so much for watching. If you enjoyed the episode, mate, boom, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell. What sound does that make? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Even way better. So you know when the new episodes drop. Uh, follow us on social media at BOS Podcast. And check out the long form audio so you can hear very attractive gentlemen like Uncle Zach right here. Talk about beer and barrels. That's right. You see that. You see that, ladies. He's taken. Stay back. Um, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everything else. That is it, guys. Thank you for watching. Cheers. Great.